0: Blog TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are in the world today. It can be any number of countries. And so I hope that you're enjoying it. And we're here with the transmission. And the transmission today is uh, based on the idea of rating value. But you know, I'm I'm a feeling lonely nostalgic, So we're going to start out with a, P, a Ray Buckland piece that we have done a little bit ago. Um, here we go. Um, next up we have
2: somebody we kind of well, next up
3: <laughs> Just say the name, Dave.
2: <laughs> is Raymond Buckland. Hello
4: Ray. Hey, great. <laughs> hey,
2: Selena. Hello.
4: Hi. How are you?
2: Oh, very well, thanks and yourself?
4: Oh good! I've been enjoying you on Facebook and seeing your great adventures lately.
2: Oh, oh yes. Uh, well, this is a, a wonderful thing you're doing, Selena. I mean, you're always doing wonderful things, uh, and we all thank you for all that you have done for for paganism over the years. I I, I truly honor you. Um, but the, this this uh, right now, I I think is is a wonderful move forward.
4: Well, thank you so much, and it's been great connecting with you over time, and I appreciate your support over the years and your help with pagan rights causes.
2: Mm-hmm. Very important, very important indeed. Yeah, I think it's uh, well. It's probably about 60, 60 years that we've known each other, something like A that. A
4: long time. <laughs> <laughs> And and you have many different parts of your life. And um, what kind of connections have you had with the military as part of your life journey?
2: Well, it goes back quite a, a way before most of these other callers. I was in the Royal Air Force in England from 1957 to 1959. Only a couple of years, which pales beside all, all these wonderful... Men and women, but um, it was in the in the royal air force, and it, it it was an enjoyable time. I was stationed in England in Doncaster at uh, rAF Lindholm, which was number one bomber command, and I was uh, working on airborne radio and radar, and that was the the number one bomber command station for training bomber pilots.
4: Well, and you know, clearly um, it's been a long standing tradition for many people who have had the craft as part of their path to serve that larger community, and the Warrior Path being one of those ways. And I'm really excited that you are joining our our circle of celebration tonight and want to thank you for your service and on behalf of Circle Sanctuary, the Circle Sanctuary Military Ministers, the Pagan Military Association, the Order of the Pentacle and all the other things that we do to support those who have served and are serving not only in the U.S., but allied forces and most certainly the U.K., we present you the Pagan Military Service Ribbon. We thank you very much for your service.
2: Well, I am truly honored and uh, I, I will really treasure this. Thank you so much.
4: Yes, and I'm going to let each of our other folks that are here also express their well wishes. It isn't very often we have an elder in the craft who has served um be part of one of our ceremonies. Um, this is um Michelle and um I just sent you a
3: friend request because <laughs> I was, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Raymond Bachlin. Uh, Woo
2: Okay. Uh, so uh, you'll uh, see uh, friend request. Carefully.
5: Michelle, as you um, know, on
2: Facebook, they, they limit you. I'm I'm limited to, to 5,000, but I'll, I'll look too out. Bad. Why, yeah.
4: I know. That's okay. why I have to switch to a different page because uh, yes. I was just friending people left and right if I knew them or they knew a friend of a friend. And right. all of a sudden, someone said, You get four. You know, you got. When I was at 4,000, they said, Well, you know, there's 5,000 limit.
2: No, I yes. did not
4: know that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it is probably as well because I can't handle anymore anyway.
3: <laughs> well, it was great to have you on our show.
2: Well, it was great to be on it, and I thank you so much, all of you.
6: Yeah, thank you, Hooray, for all you've done for the community. Uh, it's so been my pleasure, us, believe me. So many of us. Uh, have read your big blue book and, and uh, adhere to it uh, uh, religiously. And in fact, I emailed you a while ago to get permission to use your book in the prison ministry that I'm involved.
2: In. Oh I, yes, yes, I remember.
6: We appreciate all you do.
4: Thank. You.
2: Well, thank you. It, take, it takes all of us.
4: You're right. Uh, yeah. Well, many blessings and much love,
2: and to you. Okay, blessed be.
4: Blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be.
1: And um, we're back on the transmission. And yes, Phoenix, there is a show tonight live. And so, yeah, um, check it out. Pegas tonight at uh, Pegas tonight at gmail dot. Uh, tonight. Um, night.com live now, live right now. So I'm doing something very interactive. So what did I? Why did I play that first? I'm gonna play some more on it. But basically, I played that piece because of one reason above all else. It's a transmission of the past into the future. That is a piece where Selena Fox, one of the greatest ladies out there, who's still very much alive, very thriving, and still working with. The pagan military service ribbon is many things you hear every Tuesday night here on, um, on it. And so in it, they discussed about uh, Dr. Ray, Raymond Buckland, who, as you know, I'm a big fan of, and hey, who has passed from this earth. And now his transmission, his material that has been recorded, is now out there transmitting again. And I just transmitted something like an echo from the past. So this is a full moon, and we've gone slogging through this. If you've been through this with me, you know, we've been doing this since uh, 2016. We did the dark moon, the black moon in 2016, the October 31st dual moons, and then, oh, the uh, the triple super moons that we just went through with a lunar eclipse in January, and then the dark moon, we were with me, and now here we are finally tonight reentering normal time the transmission has been getting out there and we are now at the full moon love the full moon yes we do and this has been an emotional mental army kind of slugging it through magical forces that you've been through um and that various people have joined me on this but man this has been really going on it's been really tough and it really started when I started to basically re-enter the community. You could argue that it started back at the Parliament of World Religions, but no, I, even then I didn't take anything seriously until I started the last act of the Apocalypse and reactivated my magic, my crystals, the Ouija board, the whole nine yards back in October 2016. Big crash, big use of energy, big burnout, big blow up, big fun. Predictions, you know, Cubs win, Trump you know, the type of Trump one. I know people are disappointed that I did that, but yeah. And Rush Inside. That was the big one that has now really come to play And We now know that those things were very much the middle of our lives, and that was in 2016. That was October of that, part of the Black Moon series. As you know, then I would be developing the crystal web. We would do the solar eclipse in 2017, Powerful, powerful magic, and there were so many crystals. Probably more crystals were laid out in 2017 solar eclipse class in the United States than probably any single previous day to the great crystal web, which began 8888, which we'll be celebrating 30 years this year. And it's been an amazing construction of magical force. So we've been slogging through our magical lives so hard, so great, so amazingly difficult. And now as we we're here, uh, earlier this week, I was on John Anastasio's show, Reclaiming the uh, Sacred Path, and it was a really solid show. I really appreciated it. Um, if you haven't heard it, go look up uh, Reclaiming the Sacred Path. We'll put some in our, our show notes out there. Well, as you know, I've been kind of just dealing with, uh, last week I was at Convocation with Don, Reverend Don Lewis. Um, and so we, we had a really good time, found Pagan Pathway. A six day a week physical temple in the Detroit area. Yes, we did. A real, honest guy that's been running for three years. Three solid years. And they do devotional, they do everything else. They're open six days a week. I just think that's just like, blows me away. It just does. I don't know how it'll say. It, but I just found that just like so bloody cool. And Ted and uh, they all met with us. We, me and Don, had, sat down had pizza with them. We met Stan. We met all these people, and we want to bring their story to us. So I'm going to see if we can get them on the air. So I really think that um, it's a very important part of our life. Very important, everyday important. So now I've been working on this transmission, and and, and to be full disclosure. Um, I just got my deeming application. So this is a Corellian Family Hour. As you know, as I'm the right Reverend Ed Carrell now now. Uh, Seer Reverend uh, Ed and uh, Grand Paladin. And for those who didn't know, the Paladin has been made into a uh standard for a while. It's been a difficult, very difficult organization to deal with. Um, because it comes out of my, a lot of it doesn't know, it comes out of Newcastle Society. It comes out of an echo inside my chamber in my heart, in my reincarnational process. If the past equals the future, and I don't believe the past always equals the future, but if the past lives that you've lived equal the future lives you will live and that we're passing through a transition, I have a great deal involved, I have a great deal of connection with the, the energy of Charlemagne and the energy of the Paladins and the Caroline Renaissance. And this idea of basically, for just one brief moment, people really set a standard that was remembered for a while, the guardians of their church. And so I'm deeming uh, my temple. Um, I have a right to a full temple. Actually, I have, because of the way we formed some of the legal foundations, Newcastle Society, which is my original organization, formed with uh, Corellian Mother Temple to form the Universal Life Church of Gaia. In Chicago, to give us a more exacting, to give us our first real clergy standards, to give us our real first taste of what it was like to be clergy. And that was in 91, 92 area, that we really formed up and got our first rights as legal clergy. Because at that time, everybody believed that you had to have all of this paperwork and everything else. But the Universal Life Church showed us that you didn't. And then pretty soon we formed in our own name uh, in the state. And by 90, Four, right after the Parliament of World Religions became Holy City Temple And Holy City Temple was a dedication to the idea of the Parliament of World Religions So the original Holy City Temple was dedicated it was The Universal Life Church of Gaia Which was dedicated to the preservation of life The living of life Gaia, life is life Life is life, life is, life. Life is energy Life is life That is the Universal Life Church of Gaia Life is life and that's important and Newcastle Society had a program called The American System of Alleviating Poverty ASAP. We were going to be knights, the new knights, the new organization of knights that were going to preserve and protect our rights, our privileges, our duties, our services. And it was kind of very much a young man's dream. I mean, people used to accuse me of my D&D fantasies with it. Yeah, I know, D&D fantasies. But then in there, I wanted to basically change the world. And when I wanted to change the world, I wanted to really focus on changing how people operated, and I really wanted people to be more protective of each other. I wanted people to 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 support each other. I wanted people to find a common ground against this idea of the coming doomsday, this apocalyptic nightmare that we were living in, because I, for one, do not like this apocalyptic story this Christian apocalyptic nonsense. And, the, and Newcastle was kind of halfway between like, oh, let's defy this idea of an apocalypse and let's survive this apocalypse idea. That's right, kind of existed in between that. And it emerged into the Universal Life Church of Gaia. So we, we brought in this idea. And as, as history would tell, this would begin, Universal Life Church of Gaia would become Holy City Temple, CNT, Corellian Nativist Tradition. We would be Holy City Temple would represent the actual full diversion into a Corellian temple, absorbing the Universal Life Church, absorbing Newcastle Society, setting a new charter, basically, according to the law, down in Danville, Illinois, for the Mother Temple. And in it, I preserve the rights of this, this idea of the paladinhood or a knighthood order. And every time I've tried to let other people kind of manage it, they get out of control. They don't see it the way... Of what it is, they don't see it as service. They do not see that service first, the preservation service first to preserve our assets so that we can continue forward. Too many things are lost by too many people too often, and it really hurts us in trying to develop our ideas, to developing our well, our way, our land. You know, we lost Avalon. You know, we lost a big piece of land due to drugs being put on that property. And kind of a governmental thing. And it's just, you know, we lost this huge piece of land. <clears throat> and this was kind of painful. We had no way to go after it. We had no way to preserve it. We had no way to, to overcome this sort of thing. And things like this have always happened. We spend a lot of money on our metaphysical stores, and we lose them a lot. And so I want really deeply, wanted really deeply, to begin preserving some of our assets. And that's really where I begin with the Corellian tradition. As we begin the Mother Temple, as we begin the initiations, as we have our temples in Kankakee, Illinois, we had them in, you know, Chicago. We had the the Mother Temple in Danville, which had two or three others. Uh, Jason Mycroft was down there. There was Lady Crystal and all of this sort of thing. And that's when Holy City Temple would emerge out of the Parliament of World Religions. I'm going to go more about this as soon as I get back. But first, I am going to dedicate this and i really think this is really important um, and it is one of my favorite songs by it has absolutely become one of my favorite songs and i want to dedicate this to every every day god five Celia.
3: I really know but gale and this every day guys she's amazing.
1: Everyday goddesses. And you gods out there, too. We are. I am God. You are God. We are God. Remember that God is everything we are, everything we've ever been. God is not just a word. God is not just a noun. God is a verb. We God, I God, you God, we God, we all love. So if you think God is love, God is a verb. Remember that always. That's a position in my life that I've always said. God is a verb. If God is everything, then God's a verb. And If God is a verb, how does that change your life? Do you god every day? You know, people don't think of it in very different. Do you beat your heart? Of course you do, but the language doesn't allow you to say that. So it's very hard to say, oh, we god you. We means I love you. I, I want to understand you better than I have understood anything else. I want to god my world. And so the closest word in the kind of it is, the Church of All Worlds, over on Oberonzo and all of them, but it's the Church of Worlds by Heinlein is grokking. So for me, godding is kind of like grokking. But more, but but more of that intimate situation. And that kind of led me into it. So we started Holy City Temple. So we get back to the Pralate family hour. I'm Ed Corral. We're going to talk about the transmission. The transmission has always been happening, and that transmission is the energy of life, passing from the beginning of time to the end of time. We now know that this is one long string that we all live on, that we can see any part of the string at any time if we have a spiritual experience through our spirituality. We bend and change and alter the string. I'm a chrono mage, and everybody knows that. I play with time in some peculiar ways. I wish I could do it a little bit more controlled, because um, I do have some chaotic effects in my life, and that is what led to the Paladin Order. And so, basically, the Paladins have existed pretty much as a, a quiet order. Um, Holy City Temple was started by two of us, who so were Paladins, and I and Tracy. I won't go into further name because she's asked us not to kind of mention her out in the history. That is allowed. So, but I am going to acknowledge Tracy here that she's a very important person in my life. She's an extremely important person, and um, without her, some of the things I've done would not be in, in the formation of it. So, so I will grant that. But we formed the uh, sort of the idea of continuing the knights, knights of Newcastle, the paladins, and the, the idea was that we protected magical items. We protected. We would do guardian rituals for, like, Lady of the Lake. We would actually stand and, you know, deal with the police. That was a big important part of our early function. We would host events in which we would not participate directly, but we would be the host of managing the administration, uh, a pattern that I continue today. Um, There's a lot of work inside the community that needed to be done and still does. It deals with administration, it deals with control of property, the control of magical items, the control of legacy, the control of archives, the control of simple things, photographs. We're dying and losing so much of our history on a constant basis that the paladins were kind of the idea of, we're going to protect these resources for the temples, for the churches. We're going to find ways to build them, their temples, kind of the construction, the architects of the community. And I've gone on to do that. We've built schools uh, virtually, and I became a master of it virtually. And I didn't expect – I always thought we were going to do it physically, but I became virtual in it. And because it was virtual, the paladins got kind of convoluted by various people who wanted to turn it into firefighters and paramedics, into military order, into protection of clergy order. And they forgot its main duty, which was to, to protect resources. And, and they were to protect the resources of Gaia. So I wanted the to, to actually save seed, guard farms, build these things, to preserve people by making it possible to exhibit their rights. And so one of the things I got hit on, because it was very much constitution, the paladins upheld the American constitution. And we wanted, to, and, and again, this was a very American thing at the time, and that basically that we upheld the bill of rights. And that is a very important aspect to it. Because I think these, and then, I went on with, at the Parliament of World of Religions after being Holy City Temple that we would protect and guard the UN Declaration of Human Rights as the core of the Paladin order. So now as I formed the Universal Temple of Gaia, this is a very essential part. And that went on for years. We did so many good things. We did charity work. We did all sorts of good things at Holy City Temple. There was a great crew there led, led it. And, and it was amazing. Things changed. Wichita got it formed. We were working down in Hoofston. We were working down in the temples. Jason, another became a paladin, Jason Mycroft, a Reverend, right Reverend Jason Mycroft, Archpriest priest and first elder. No, first, not first elder, uh, first director of the Corellian tradition and uh very powerful power, position. He basically stabilizes the thing. If anything were to happen to say Don or Stephanie, he would call for the next set of elections. Um, you know, so he's guided their first elder, Wendy uh Lejoy's, Uh she's out there as the right Reverend uh Wendy LaJoy is also first elder. That makes up the basically the top leadership of the Corellian tradition. And Crystal, Lady Crystal is uh first priest Samaretas. Um Bitterwin, my mentor and guidance, is First is first Elder Amiratis, and I am also First Elder Amiratis. So it's very interesting that we actually do have two First Elders who actually retired from that position. And, uh, and, and now i serve serving in anything. But I'm also actively Grand Paladin. And that was restored to me, and that's something I came back to. So then last year, I've restored and basically allowed Grand Paladinhood to be restored. And in that process, I changed... My tradition name, my magical name to Ed Corral. I'm always going to be at the pagan. So, in this transmission, I did that. Um, so, in this formation of Holy City Temple, and then basically, and de- dealing with the parliament, there's always an aspect of diplomacy. So, I basically, the paladins have always been too big a project for me to accomplish all at once. So you could accomplish because it needed a whole tradition as well. It needed a whole world religion. It needed a whole world organization. It needed a whole set of clergy to have any purpose. That's the biggest problem with the Paladins. The Paladins were something that was not needed, but was so vital to the future that I basically got, got it. So when I basically stepped down in 2012, and we've gone into that, I handed it over to, some, to, to Elizabeth and some others who basically then turned around, did a noble job of probably doing it. But in that pain and that anguish and some things that were happening, we decided that, I decided that the Paladin order just wasn't viable for me, that I wasn't going to do it for a while. And because I didn't do it, I think I hurt a lot of people's feelings. and I think a lot of people reacted poorly. And Don, to preserve, I guess, whatever he saw as a legacy of it, turned into a meritorious order, when I just wanted to make it a secret order. I just basically decided I was going to make it a secret order, and everybody honored my right to do so. And in the process, I have an old apology to several people um, that they got hurt for it. Um, and Don you know, didn't mean to do it. I think I kind of led to that, to, to that decision. So... So that kind of closed it down. So that's where we've been. It's kind of been a materialist order where we've been basically a few people who have become nobles into it. And so, yeah, that's where it's been. And, and why? Because I think ultimately, because not because the people lacked a desire to do so or even a vision to do so, no one really understood the necessary resources to really get it going. They were more concerned about uniform than they were about what was in the uniform they were more concerned about measuring the volunteer hours than doing the volunteer hours. And then when they were to to say, well, why don't you recreate in your own image? It was very hard and it was very difficult and it was very uncon, it was, it was like saying, here's PhD. You know, we want you to do a PhD paper. That's one of the most important aspects of it. And Oh wait, you're still in high school. So what, you know, you're just learning. And so I think that was an unfair thing that would, that would happen. I think the pallet orders has, has been much, well, such a really wonderful idea. And there's been so many people who've been trying to try to wrap their heads around it and try to do it. I think that it just, at the end of the day, really was, was about something different. And it was very hard to understand. And I think, this is something I really that and I really I'm going to play another Celia song right here because I really do mean this. I really am grateful to everybody who's been involved with trying to create this idea of the Order of Paladins and where it is and um, and so many people out there who've done it. Uh, you know, Doctor Zach actually is another Paladin and and I think now we can begin to really talk about the mission. We can really talk about the idea of it. For the first time and I'm going to go ahead and come back to it. If you want to talk to me directly 347-308-8222 and when you get in there you have to push a button and say one that you want to talk to me. We're going to play We Celebrate You and I Celebrate You Jason and Elizabeth and Phoenix and Jason and um, Zach Tracy, Don Stephanie, Mike uh, all of you have really been a part of that operation of, of the sort of knighthood. Uh, Steve uh, Mark Oh my gosh! that was, always, that was Mark, Mark Brown Mark Brown, uh, Arvin Farmer was now that uh, Steve Kachura. Um, yeah, so we, we, we honor you. we, we celebrate you, and uh, when I come back we 're going to talk a little bit about the future and the, and why the, you know why i 'm caught up in this transmission and what we 're about to do next.
3: hi everybody i 'm Celia, and I wrote this song for Kern and Deb who are becoming ordained ministers through the Circle Sanctuary Ministerial Program. How cool is that? It's for them and anyone who's gone before them and for all of the people who will follow in their footsteps. It's called We Celebrate You. I did a little bit of the drums recording looped earlier so that the song's not too long. So here goes, We Celebrate You. We celebrate you in community for your
1: That's that's Celia, we celebrate you. So so now we come to today. And so I have been, as you know, putting together, basically, reviving my my actions within the tradition. I have, um, as you know, I'm a big believer in that power in a community needs to spread across its memberships. And at one time, I held so much authority in 2012 that I felt like, oh, my God, I'm a cult leader, and I don't want to be a cult leader. That was ridiculous. That was like the worst idea in the world. I am not a role model. I am an example of what you should not do sometimes. Um, no. Anyone who thinks of Ed as a role model really needs to rethink their life a little bit because, you know, just because. Um but I am an example of what you can do. I mean, I'm a positive example, too. I don't, may not have work-life balance. I may not have a lot of uh, And so um, it is that. Okay, so first of all, let me back up. I'm Ed Farrell. We're talking the transmission. Followed tonight is uh, the great and beautiful and glorious of sea priestesses, as well as First Lady Stephanie Neal, who will be on after us with the deep waters. I don't even have a clue what she teaches. Tonight, but she it does it in the Corellian deep teachings that are like basically the way we work with the world walkers and the way we move the world. We actually in the Corellian tradition have a deep belief in prophecy. We have a deep belief in divination. And we are, in fact, a prophetic church in the sense that we are driven by prophecies. At least I am driven by prophecies and visions. And in it is this idea of a nobility of humanity who stand against the apocalypse. Everybody asks me, "What does the Paladin stand for?" It is literally stands for life. I began the idea of Newcastle Society to stand against the idea of the apocalypse, and so I've spent all of my life, you know, de- dealing with it. And then, pretty much, guess what? I'm, you know, I, you know, here I am. And so, not only do I believe here I am, I, I am going to die someday. I am hoping to put it off by hundreds of years. I will be honest with you. I think it even, may even be possible. And there is a chance that I will transmit myself into a, an electronic form that will continue to survive for possibly thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of years. That capability is absolutely within, possibly within our lifetime. But in my very physical form, in the brain that I have, there's kind of a mishmash of chemicals and, and all sorts of brewing pieces of nerves and tissues I can get into very deep analysis of, and, you know, that they all into work together. And biological, just meat. There's a great poem out there called Meat. Uh, look it up. Uh, the story of meat is just a great, great short story. And um, and the idea of it is that's where I am. That's my whole existence. And that's all I ever will know And to a certain degree. There's a certain component of me, this living now, that all I will know, all the God I will know, all the God... And God says, I will know everything I will know is contained within myself and how I project outward and how it reflects within me. So that person, that thing, that that soul within myself, that sort of combined energy of my soul with this physical body has formed me into Ed the Pagan. And I am actually a three-word name, and I will probably go down to history as a three-word name. And I love that idea because it's so deeply mythological. So now, what do I stand for today? I stand for against the apocalypse. And one of the things I am now doing, I've asked uh, Elizabeth Hamilton to become my joint head because I feel very strongly that feminine leadership is a requirement within the Corellian tradition, within goddess religions. To Gaia, to be honest and service, I must. I can't just do it all. My masculine energy is very, very dominant. I am a very strong alpha male. I'm everything you know. You want to talk about. Um, gender identity is a little different. I mean, I, I will tell you, I I won't go too far into it, but I have a very fluid identity with gender, just like everybody. It's a spectrum. Um, but I love having kids. I love becoming, you know, becoming a grandparent. I am very male oriented. I'm very, I love goddess energy to a large degree, absolutely. Um, and in this process. I've learned a lot of it. So I've asked the Lady Elizabeth Hamilton to do so. I've already asked permission of uh, Don Lewis to recognize the re- most M. Reverend Don Lewis and Stephanie Neal, that I was going to for- reform this temple that I was out of it. And the reason why this universal temple of Gaia is going to be very, very important is, first of all, it, it is a sitting temple as part and inclusive of the 501c3 process that we were part of. It is a truly dedicated temple. It is a full temple. And I'm going to go through the deeming process because I think it's fair that I go through the deeming process as much as anybody because I can't be better than the bylaw, I can't be better than the rules. And that's a real danger, I think, that could happen. I mean, come on. I mean, and I, I could probably go, yay, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't have to ask for permission, right, to a certain degree. I mean, I'm known for, you know, to be it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. I've done that way too many times for people not to consider that against it. So that's not an argument with me, not even a little bit. Let's be honest, right? That's why I'm notorious sometimes. is because I don't ask permission to build witch school. I don't ask for permission to build Pegasus Knight. I don't ask for permission to magic t- TV. I didn't ask permission of the Temple of the Covenant of the Goddess to start making Wiccan clergy. I didn't ask people's permission to start a magazine. I didn't ask people's permission to do anything. I asked for their attention. I asked for their care. I asked for their <clears throat> willing to indulge me in, in my conversations. I've been willing to and said, let me build a stage and let me give you a way to present your words. Let me build a pagan leadership conference in which not I didn't give the keynote speech. I actually gave all of 20 minutes of speech. It was one of the biggest things. It was on January 11, uh, 1994, following the Parliament of World Religions. And this is a very important that. This is the first time I really came forward as Pagan's Interfaith Embassy. This is PIE. This is part of what is now going to be the universe, is Universal Life Temple. We're becoming holy city. And here I stand as a paladin. Not as a pagan yet. Just good old Ed Hubbard, youth national leader, blessed by Lady Olivia, and kind of carrying the banner forward. And so what I learned is I gave a five-minute speech up front, saying, hi, welcome, everybody. It was actually about eight minutes. And then I had each temple introduce themselves, each in order. And then I would come, and, and I had people talking throughout the day, 15, 20 minutes at a time, talking to each other. And then about midway through it, when we get back to lunch, I gave a 15, it was 20 minutes about all of the different energies. It was about keywords. You wouldn't know it today. It was What I called it back then, we called uh, identifying words things that identified ourselves, words that we knew about, keywords, social media, even back then, I knew the beginnings of it. And, um, and then we would have a, one more closing, and I would give a, a five-minute speech, which would be thank everybody, and then I would spend the next half an hour thanking everybody for coming. And in that moment was the ultimate service, because I got all of these people to talk to each other. gave them a safe space, and I didn't interfere with the process. In fact, I got to watch that process. To be a paladin for me, was to be a ser- in service to build these stages so that I can see the community mature and grow. The threat of any sort of strong entity, any strong person, is the desire to rule, to be king, to, to, to take that society and form it into their own image. A paladin... And this is what I loved about Charlemagne. decided to not form it in his own image, but in the image of God, Catholic God, not a Christian God. But his ideas of God reverberate still of, of love and compassion and kindness and 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 knowledge and bringing books to the middle of the Dark Ages. Because of Charlemagne, the Dark Ages came to an end much quicker. And I think if Charlemagne had never existed, the
2: paladin never
1: existed. So I see that as the paladin, what I believed was the Christian right coming after us in such a major way. you got to understand part of that mythology, part of that Newcastle story, Moses, I believed the Catholic Church, the Christian Church was coming after the United States. And I still to this day <coughs> believe that it's happening. And we're watching it occur now. It's very much from a time of seeing it to seeing it occur. And so that is it. So today, now we we're past all of that. They have a thing called wisdom. I guess what is the hell is wisdom? Wisdom is a bunch of experiences where you finally decide you're going to learn from them because if you don't, you're going to get hit up by inside the, the head like a clue by four. Yes, that's right. I said clue by four. It's just like a two by four, but it hurts a lot more. The force of self-realization, the forcing of being forced to act in a certain way, to realize you can't do everything, to find your limitations, and not to be the hero of every person's story is a dramatic fall for men. It is. Whereas the female goes from mother, maid, maid, mother, and crone. You know, it's like warrior, father and Sage, and Sage is like, that is cool. I mean, just not, you know, it's not as cool. It It's not as cool as Chrome. And so, you know, that sort of thing. And and when you're in that, it's kind of like, okay, I get it. I get it. All right, that's fine. Um, and so, yeah, okay, so we deal with that. But in this idea of paladin Hood, is the idea of it. So I'm looking for one more piece of music. Uh, I think it's very important. I think that it is one of the things I believe, and that is Fire in the Head by Emma Rose.
6: Fire in the head of a sword that's sharp. Fire in the head of a drop in the ocean, a shield and battle and a string in a harp. Fire in the head of an eagle soaring. Fire in the head of spoken word. Fire in the head I'm a sword pouring a grain of wheat and a cauldron stirred. Fire in the head Banging a drum We jacks a-looking One-eyed squinting Hopping on one leg Sucking his thumb <laughs> The Black scouts chasing me round the yoke tree Humming a tune That I must learn The black scouts Called the beast So woke me But oh her calm spits and burns Fire in the head i a flame and motion Fire in the head i a sword that's sharp Fire in the head i a drop in the ocean A shield and battle And a string in a harp Fire in the head of an eagle soaring, fire in the head of spoken word, fire in the head of a torrent pouring a grain of wheat and a call stirred, fire in the head. Wandered, singing stories and telling songs. Fire in the head of a flame and motion. Fire in the head of a sword that's sharp. Fire in the head of a drop in the ocean, a shield in battle, a string in a harp. Fire in the head of an eagle soaring. Fire in the head of a spoken word. Fire in the head of a sword pouring a grain of weed and the cauldron stirred. Fire in the head
1: in your head Let your imagination run. if you heard me this week on the Sacred Water uh, uh, Sacred Reclaiming your sacred path it was so excited my tongue got tied you know Edisms are always been historically a right thing and following me is going to be Stephanie Neal the most reverend Stephanie Neal First Lady of the Corellian Tradition Teaching Deep Teaching and she's going to be continuing the mediumship which is so Crucial to the identity of the community that it's important. Do you know how vulnerable a medium is in the middle of an act or a channel is in the middle of an act in the the execution of their sacred duty through the the channeling of an entity, which leaves them very, very vulnerable? No one thinks about that. Does it change their skin tone? Do they sweat? Do they burn more energy? Does the nervous energy kind of rage? What does it, You know, what is the grounding energy? All of that. So the paladins, there were several, and then the other young people who are teaching how to do this, were controlling that sort of condition. So what we are going to do, so the understanding is the Universal Temple of Gaia, CNT, with the permission of the most reverend, the the first council that I have mentioned before, through a property process, as well as following the legal paperwork, to reinstate all of this. So we're bringing back a 25-year temple, and really the first chartered temple of the Karelian tradition.
3: And in it's
1: going to organize for the volunteers. It's going to organize the assets of, of various aspects of it, to be able to acquire them, because we really don't have any physical assets. We have incredible virtual assets. And that's another story. I mean, techno-paladins are something I think are in the future for the next generation. But for me, and now, and my mission for the next 25 years, it's really about securing the five elements. And as you know, I'm already into the earth business. I actually make earth literally from trash with worms. Yep. I'm a biological alchemist. Um, water. Water is going to be a very necessary part of our society, a very important part of our organizations. Water is not free. It's, it's a commodity. So that's going to be very important. Fire, you know, energy is, is the crucial limiting factor in the humanity. So we know the more energy you have as an organization, as a society, or as an organism, as an individual, the better off you be. The more energy you've got, the more you can do. Um, You know, there's like the, uh, so the uh, um, bubble shrimp, uh, the bubble shooting shrimp that has the most powerful weapon on Earth for a shrimp. And it shoots up, you know, supersonic uh, bubbles that when they burst, they get to be 8,000 degrees, and they kill their prey. So, yeah, there are things more deadly than us. But Luckily for us, it's only like about a third of an inch to a half an inch long, so... Um, even at that they you not know, sting really cause a real sting, but they can't take us out yet. Um, don't worry, CRISPR is coming, and somebody's going to build a giant version of these. Uh, I'm teasing. I hope not. Frightening thought. But, you know, we are do have these sort of ideas that we are going into a better society, but paladinhood, I wanted to preserve seeds. So, so the Universal Temple of Gaia is going to be the headquarters of basically the paladin order, and the volunteer arm, the volunteer people, the, in the Our Voice of the Parliament of World of Religions, 1993, I talked about a piece. What's the opposite of an army? And I still don't know the answer of that. And that's something I want to explore. Maybe next week we can start asking that question. Well, next week I will not be on. Uh, Mike Neal and the whole Corellian family are going to be out there. And the following week will be Ritual Week. So I won't be on for that either. So you won't hear again from me until the last uh, Friday of the month. Uh, but you will hear again from me tonight if you join me on the Witch Cool page at midnight Eastern time on a special full moon edition for Ask a Witch, a new project that we're getting off the ground to allow people to ask us about different ideas and different things in different places. So we're so excited about that. So this is what's happening. So the Corellian illustration is April 27th through the 29th uh so go out and you know and you can find out more about this is Corellian illustration 2018 or something like that look it up it's just easy you can find it and if you're listening to this transmission you can hear it go to the Corellian hub go to any number of Corellian spaces you can go ahead and find all that and the illustration. this one's going to be a pretty big one and we're going to deem ourselves during that illustration I'll talk more about it but if you have an interest in this if you have a real strong interest um contact us. Uh, you can contact me on Facebook. You can contact me at uh, thepegan at AOL.com. The oldest AOL. I know it's AOL. It's so uncool, but it's 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 mine. It's old. It's my original email. Okay. So no, don't tease me about it. I don't care. Um, I mean that, no. I hear you snob. I actually got snobbed out before because of this. Oh yeah, that's another story. Um and so, yeah. And so, okay, good. I got it. I have a last song here. I'm going to be playing in just about, about two minutes. So, I have the last two minutes. So, I guess the whole purpose of tonight's transmission is to transmit the fact that the Paladin Order is going to reinstate itself, it's going to be under the temp- uh, its own temple. Uh, versus being just an order. It's going to be a temple. The talons are going to represent an order within a temple. It's going to be an actual temple that is going to be dedicated to the volunteer service and the service of Gaia. Very simple. We are just going to stand in service to Gaia. And what does that mean? That's going to take on a lot of different aspects. It's going to be representing us preserving and protecting that which is life. I'd love to do seed banks. I think land is very important. CO2 sequestering is really important. Um... Saving books, saving archives, saving servers, saving images, saving uh, places, serving the homeless, serving our poor, serving our, our, uh, the lowest of a people, serving our animals, serving our cats. I think cats get really neglected in our society. I think that's a very important element of our thing. Taking care of our pets, our animals, trying to preserve as much as possible, preserving our DNA, understanding that energy is energy, trying to preserve our energy, creating our technology establish ourselves further and further as a part of the main part of society and provide so much service at such a quality that they cannot ignore us, that they must acknowledge that we have a right to our own society and that we want one thing. We want to live. Simply put, we want us to live humanity to continue to live. Paladins stand for a very simple idea. Humanity and all life has a right to continue. And no one, no faith, no religion has a right to destroy it all in the name of their God. They just don't have that right. And I stand against that to have a right to life. And Gaia lives. And that I bid you adieu. And blessings, and we'll be back with Stephanie Neal right after this. Ginger Doss, Gaia Lees from the Green Album. Four minutes and seven seconds.
5: It is your key.
0: Welcome to Crillian Deep Waters, I'm your host, Reverend Stephanie Neal, and so glad that you're going to be spending some time with me. So let's begin. Now, we should be on lesson four regarding mediumship. So I broke it down so that it's uh, hopefully uh, easier to follow, that even if you may be a beginner, or an adept at mediumship, I, I think uh, you'll be able to use at least some of what I am going to be presenting tonight uh, to help you be more aware of uh, your talents uh, related to this, this uh, subject. Uh, that is, if you're interested in being uh, a medium. So I believe that everyone has the capacity to be a medium. So let's start with just general preparation, and and well, it is always difficult to say uh, this is the what you do first or second uh, because, like paganism and metaphysical and being what we are, it's. Uh, well, due to everyone's journey also, uh, is different. And your mediumship journey uh, can start essentially at any point. So this is just um, a suggestion of this is where you can start. And yet for this purpose, I selected one approach among many. So just by saying that that should open your consciousness to allow you to know that there's just not one way, but there are a million ways, well, really, to approach deity and to pro- approach the other side. Um, and in very general terms, there's two types of mediums, and even right there, that that's still a little bit of a misnomer because there's a million types of, of mediums. But I'm just specifically talking about the general subject of mediums and and then, of course, the channelers and oracles and each is a little different and yet they're all the same and yet they're different. And once again, the the same thing that occurs with talking about anything uh, any uh, pagan subject. But for those two uh, are those who who work with spirits unconsciously or spontaneously. And that's uh, a person can just, uh, dis- discover that all of a sudden that they're channeling and sometimes they don't even know they're channeling. But the verse is consciously channeling. And I only teach fully conscious channeling. Well, for, for obvious reasons. So uh, let me try to even... Uh, place a, a numeral on, on each main subject if I, if I can uh, so let's say start with one. So in preparation uh, in preparing for mediumship it is a, a good it, it's good to routinely work with your chakras and their personifications. Uh, basically personifications take a form that will relate to you. They are different energies that are inside each chakra. So to be more uh, comfortable to your sensibilities, that they take a form where humans can relate. But like with most energies and most myths, even goddess and God, that humans will place a story, will wrap a story around these uh, uh, immense energies that have shaped and been responsible for our existence through the very beginning, yet there was never any beginning, but yet there was. There you, you, know, there you go back and forth. Uh, so, but, but basically, we as humans will place uh, form on huge energies and huge concepts just to help it become more palatable and more understanding and more connected uh, to our sensibilities within uh, this particular reality that we find ourselves in uh, now. Um, so when when I say work with your chakras, uh, this means opening them, checking to see their health, healing them if they need healing, strengthening them if they need strengthening, Journeying with them, receiving spiritual information through them, meditating and practicing your psychic skills through the chakras, dreaming with them as well, and sensing, just sensing uh, with them and through them. So essentially, making uh, work with chakras part of your your life because indeed they are, and it, but then I know some aren't particularly interested in working with chakras, and that's fine because there are other ways. Uh, because the chakras will, in fact, work on their own anyway. Um, and yet, there's uh, like uh, like everything uh, that uh, when we work with something, when we focus on something, then they become strengthened, and so do we. And just by using them and keeping them uh, within your awareness, causes them to be healthier Uh, people see them differently some see them as little doors uh, um, or spinning wheels which chakra that's what chakra uh, the word uh, means spinning wheels or or you may see your chakras as beautiful lotus flowers Uh, yet know they are within you to help you through this reality plane each having its own purposes helping you become a forever evolving being, a being that is fully aware and remembering why you are here. Though you are in more than one place right now, as we know, but you think you are just here, some of you, because your focus is here in this system remember, you are living in many systems, right? Now. And now is all we know and have. Well, now is our PowerPoint. Then let's say this next thought is number two. So meeting and developing a relationship with your spirit guides, spending meaningful time with them every day, it can be just for 15 minutes while you are are uh, having your coffee or taking a short walk. It is easy to meet them. Just request to have them come forward. Uh, Chancellor Don has spoken about uh, spirit guides uh, in many of his uh, Magic TV YouTube uh, channel uh, presentations. Uh, he Writes about them in his degree books. Uh, I teach about them through the the world walkers, so it's pretty easy to find information about them. But essentially, uh, once again, broad strokes here. Just ask uh, their uh, ask them their names. Well, maybe not all together, but ask them one at a time. It would make more sense. Uh, uh, ask them to tell you about themselves they may be uh, one of your ancestors or many of your ancestors or you in a past life even uh, a so-called past life and everyone has a different amount but usually between uh, five to seven spirit guides some are inner band and others are outer band and but it essentially, is between around five to seven are with us, or maybe just one guide steps forward. Ask uh, them how. Well, will will ask them how will you know when um, they want to convey something to you? How will you know when they are around? And it can be something as simple that that maybe you feel. a a warm uh, flushing on your face or a gentle uh, breeze uh, across uh, your hand uh, or just a, a, a sensing. And you know, just sensing something is just as powerful and just as valuable than literally seeing something or hearing something because sensing brings you exactly to the same place as the person literally seeing or, or or feeling something, so some guides may make their presence known right away, while others will not. They see if you are truly interested in working with them. It, well, even though they are always interested in working with you, and some feel that it's not necessary that you even uh, realize that they're there, and others do want to make a, a, a uh, connection with you, even though they are always connected uh, while well, the inner band is. If you do not uh, develop a relationship with them, they are still with you and will help you. So sometimes that still, small voice just might be one of your spirit guides. And if you have the desire to become a medium, Your guides will know and will confirm they are here to help if you want the help. Now, usually the gatekeeper uh, interprets what the spirit is conveying. If this is what you prefer, sometimes I prefer it and sometimes I don't. Uh, Then we move on to the next general concept uh, in preparation is Appreciating the natural world around you uh, is, uh, well, let's just call it the third approach. Allowing every natural thing speak, and everything is a force of nature and is natural. Be open to all of nature through all your senses. This, yes, is a, another way of communing with spirits. And then we move on to. Uh, it is uh, also nice to do a a simple daily manifesting exercise, just just to keep your intentions clear and purposeful. And uh, there is a, a great example of uh, uh, Most Reverend Crystal High Corral and uh, Most Reverend Don Lewis. Doing a, in fact, that's what it's even called on the YouTube channel is a manifesting exercise. Then, or, or you can use your own. It doesn't have to be that particular exercise, but just something that you know uh, that you you are acknowledging that you are in fact a creator, and that you are explorer, and you're moving through this reality set uh, system with genuine um, well, expectation and excitement. And then, by, and then begin paying more attention to your dreams because some mediums start there and sometimes just remain there, which is wonderful too. Uh, it may be easier for you, your guides to get through to you uh, inside your dreams, uh, even though they probably have no problem with that. It's us that are uh, trying to get through to them, really. Uh, Then we move on to uh, spirit that comes through in several ways. Now, we've already talked a little bit in the past lessons about the paranormal investigation in general terms, uh, you know, where folks uh, enjoy hunting for random spirits or, or not random spirits or ambient spirits just passing by through uh, uh, using many types of devices or using nothing, uh, that uh, there's just a, a group of people that enjoy uh, just uh, seeing if they can see or hear spirits, and they are they stay at that point and enjoy doing that, and that's perfectly fine. But if you want to be more conscious, not that they're not, uh, but they are uh, focused on speaking to spirits, then there does need to be a, a little more practice. Well, for most of us, some of us don't need any practice, and but for most of us, we, in fact, uh, need to uh, focus in and uh, practice uh, making our psychic muscles strong and uh, open. So spirits reveal themselves through... Well, many many ways. Uh, Examples are uh, well through symbols, which are text, and the text can be uh, like you can literally see a book opening in front of you, and you you are reading the book, or the text is floating all by itself in front of you uh, that you you see well you see words, or you can pick up a pencil and a piece of paper and allow your hand to automatic, uh, perform automatic writing. Uh, or sometimes, uh, it, some people call it automatic scribbling because that, that indeed, sometimes, it's, that's what it looks like, it's just scribbling, and yet it, it turns out that it's, just, it's not just scribbling, but in fact there are messages within the scribbling, and then there's others that, that write words uh, sentences, or maybe not sentences, maybe just a couple words, but but it's text. Uh, and then there's this spoken word. Uh, you may hear something in the spirit world, and and I still uh, put this under symbols because in a sense, it, even though it's spoken word, but it's 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 still the word. Or I put pictures under symbols too, that a spirit may reveal what. Um, she or he or they want to convey to you through uh, well picture picture form uh, or a movie uh, movie screen can be utilized or you, that's what you may see uh, or the the Ouija board uh, falls under this category of text as well for obvious reasons because in fact that's what it is uh, that you move that planchette across the board you're moving it across um, letters and and numerals and then there's Uh, other ways that the spirit comes through is through music sometimes called uh, audio uh, magic then there's aroma you know like all of a sudden you begin to smell roses or uh, lilies or uh, a favorite flower in your grandmother's garden or spirits come through night dreams or spirits come through awake dreams or spirits can come through in your meditations or uh, through, uh, uh, well, somewhat a, bel- a believing group that, that spirit can come through just because they're attracted to the collective energy of a group that's focusing in on this work. Then they can come through, well, spirits can communicate directly with the medium using nothing, which is my preference. A spirit guide is allowed uh, uh, to interpret what is conveyed by the spirit uh, stepping forward. In other words, that you set up that uh, approach by saying, all right, spirit guide, uh, gatekeeper, I would like you to vet. I would like you to interpret what the the spirit is is saying. Um, They can come through a chakra personification, uh, setting up the same... Uh, routine with a, a chakra personification to interpret what is being revealed, or the spirit can step forward utilizing more than one method and that's called unfolding then the spirit can come through uh, dance or or movement uh, uh, asking questions about but I want to go back a little bit that that or you can decide that you will not use your uh, gatekeeper or not use your chakra per, uh, personification. That you will directly uh, listen and uh, deal with the spirit uh, yourself directly, and, and that's uh, that's good too. And and when you are usually doing that, uh, for me, I usually ask uh, many, many, many questions. As I, as soon as I see the spirit, uh, step forward. I I try to convey that I am very interested in what the spirit uh, desires to convey to me, and, and I am. And so that's, uh, that's the many, many questions. And then another way to, to for spirit to uh, come through is seances or message circles. And here I've uh, mentioned uh, several here, and I, I'm sure that I haven't uh, mentioned all the ways, but this just show, shows you, the, the vast amount of ways that spirit will come, and uh, work with uh, work with us, and now let's talk about work, working with spirit, uh, identifying and deciding who comes through. So here we we just talked about how spirits can come through, uh, uh, related to the human side or this physical side. Now we're deciding who comes through. So that uh, then that means there's a, well, well, ultimately it is your choice who you want to come through. And the spirit may be very comforting and very nice, but you just uh, don't want to deal with that particular spirit. And maybe you may say, uh, maybe you can come back uh, later. Uh, and, and that's fine. We do not have to receive, and we should not receive everything that comes through. That So it's our free will and our wise choices. So uh, we'll have uh, with just the general spirits passing through, and that's all. They're not here to say anything. They're not that sometimes, uh, like, like you may be uh, in a, a healing session with a group of people or Speaking about a particular subject that spirits uh, may be very interested uh, and they will just show up uh, passively to, just to be there and to listen and then to move on. And then you have, uh, of course, your ancestors that step up and step forward and want to communicate with, um, well with you. And then you have even the spirit guides. So the spirit guides might come through and say, I, I would like to share something too. And if you want to hear a, a seance, uh, there is a YouTube seance that uh, Chancellor Don Lewis performs. And it's called, let's see here, Seance in Salem, Massachusetts. So that would be easy enough to pull up. And then that would, you can see there how Chancellor Don Lewis approaches uh, a seance, even though I'm sure, well, in fact, I know that this isn't the only way that Chancellor Don Lewis approaches spirit or approaches message circles. Uh, but this was, uh, this was one way that he was performing a seance in Salem, Massachusetts. And then uh, coming back to, like, Deciding who comes through, uh, that get, works with, uh, this, with uh, the chakra personifications can show up as as well. Then you can have goddess show up. Uh, depending naturally, as we've said before, the goddess can show up in the form that best uh, is right for you. In gods. Animal spirits can show up. Uh, sacred places and their spirits can show up. Uh, your, your past, your present, your future, uh, pets so, or animals with which you work. Uh, you in a present life of which all lives are. A spirit stuck between this world and the next. Spirits that uh, do not know they have left this system. Spirits stuck, uh, just stuck in this world uh, on the physical side uh, for many reasons. Entities that lived on this physical plane long ago. Entities that have not yet lived on this physical plane. Entities that are in our um, future. Uh, energies of all planets, uh, all of the universes, and that can be uh, very overwhelming, but such a a beautiful experience uh, that to just uh, move through this particular uh, energies or or energy when uh, a planet shows up, uh, spirits of the land. Um, so see, once again, so many ways that spirits come through and so many types of spirits uh, come through. Uh, one of uh, your probable lives, uh, one of your past, present, and future lives. And now we go to vetting a spirit. And as to vetting a spirit uh, coming through, there are just as many ways of, uh, as, as approaches. Ask your gatekeeper to ask the spirit if they are of the the light, bringing positive energy. Now, all these things that I'm going to list, uh, these can all happen within a twinkling of an eye. They don't have to be formal or even spoken out loud, but just that sense of approaching this process, that that is just a given, and that is just a natural intention and just by that, a twinkling of the eye, that, that is uh, expected of a message circle or a seance. So a seance leader may not even say this, but that's what they're doing. They're making sure they're, they're pouring and preparing um, uh, light, a light-filled experience. Uh, ask one of your chakra personifications to vet the spirit, basically asking, checking the spirit out, to see if uh, if um, they should step uh, forward, and, and you know, just just being uh, careful, uh, especially in the in in the beginning. But as time goes on, you you uh, just sense even before, even before the shocker personification even says anything. It's almost like you're both thinking uh, at the same time, and you 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 just know and they don't even have to give a formal uh, thumbs-up to you, uh, uh, neither. Or it's the same thing. Ask the gatekeeper to step aside, and it will be you who vets. Uh, Ask your totem animal to help you vet. Uh, Ask the four elements to vet the spirit, saying something in the order of, um, if you focus yourself with the trade winds and charge yourself, by the fire and cleanse yourself by the water, you are welcome to enter and stand on this sacred ground. Step forward. So here, when I say something like that, I in a sense am betting the person and laying down the conditions for the for the spirit. That I, I want them to be uh, happy and healthy uh, and yet they, uh, unless Uh, It is a spirit that's uh, confused and needs help. Uh, That's a different story, and and that's another decision uh, to be made uh, by by you. Then ask goddess and or God to help you hear what is being conveyed or help you receive what is being conveyed uh, with no expectations, just allow the experience to be what it is. Uh, request one of your favorite goddesses to help you see the spirit, if that's what you think you need. Uh, an example of this is you may call forth Isis or Namaka or Artemis or Pali, uh to help you receive uh, uh, what is uh, well not only conveyed but presented or poured uh, into the uh, the sacred space, and allow the nearby mountains to send all beautiful souls found within it to meet with us for a little while. Allow one of your future lives to welcome our spirits to the message circle. So once again, so many possibilities. Now we move to preparation before a spirit message circle, and once again, there's many ways to to do this, and this is just one way. So uh, many people like uh, having or creating ambiance uh, in, in the room that uh, the curling tradition makes it clear that it's not necessary uh, to do that, but it is nice to, to have uh, a little ambiance uh, for just a, a pleasant experience. And it, and it just comes. It comes down to the people, really. Like some people don't care uh, what the what the room looks like, and other people, other appear, persons, care very much. So that's something that you just have to decide. And uh, like candles always add energy to the process. Uh, so just not ambiance, but they really do add um, uh, you know that energy. I mean, if you decide to lower the lights or, or not, and it, it, it does not matter to the spirits. Uh, yet it may matter to the message circle uh, participants, as I've said. So, so ask them, what do they prefer? Unless spirit that clearly directs you to set the space up in a deliberate way. And that did happen to me one time, and it was Hecate coming forward and wanted certain things to be in certain places before she made her presence known. And so I did. Uh, and you know so that can happen too and then it's always uh good to have a pen and paper to take notes Uh, but then you do have to be a note taker because some people uh, have the intentions of taking notes and they end up not taking notes because bottom line is that they're not a note taker so all right fine but the reason why i say take notes is because you think you're going to remember everything and you're, you're not, and, and you may remember everything at the time, but then those things that are conveyed uh, may mean one thing to you today, and then maybe a year from now, and you look back at your notes, and you see 12 new things that you didn't even realize uh, that, was, that was taking place right, right then and there, and that you wrote it down. So a word today can be one meaning, and a word uh, a year from now changes its meaning. And then cleanse the space with words or music or smoke, uh, water or symbol. Come together in a circle, sending love and peace to everyone. Uh, When working with spirits, we start with energy. uh, Thoughts are energy. So we pray in earnest. We pray before starting. I pray something that can be... uh, Only the good and of the light are welcome here. Allow humans that have doubts regarding communicating with spirit to be peaceful and relaxed. Allow humans that are open or presently developing their mediumship skills to be at peace
3: or be peaceful.
0: Uh, So something along those lines. So so you're really... uh, uh, drawing your attention to the individuals that are in this space, making sure that they're happy and feeling comfortable, and then we we could add to that uh, that uh, statement or prayer uh, or incantation uh, that uh, allow, uh, well something like uh, judgment and expectations, hopes and fears are removed. From this space, just like Tarot, really, uh, that uh, so that you won't be interpreting things, even though you shouldn't be terp- interpreting things at, at within the uh, experience. But you just, as soon as you bring in expectations, it just closes so much down that you miss so much that is uh, is uh, right there to be poured over you. And that coming in with expectations, just really that, that you don't get the full experience. Uh, and then, of course, after the experience is over, then you, then you can uh, judge all you want. Uh, so what enters um, is meaningful and crystal clear. Then we move on to, where we raise, um, uh, raise your energy, well, raise your frequency to meet your spirits. By deliberately being joyous, uh, develop a feeling of great expectation. Uh, even if you want to think of it as like that, you're you have this dial that you're trying to attune and match the spirit's frequency. So then the spirits are doing the same with you. They're uh, attuning with you because they want to. Uh, speak with you, and you are uh, attun- are attuning to them and their frequency. And so ask your gatekeeper or whoever you desire to be with you, ask uh, to please uh, step forward. In other words, okay, we're all ready, we're ready to go. And even though this sounds like so much, this all can take uh, a minute, a minute, because all these decisions have most likely been uh, decided before this even starts. The, uh, and, uh, or if you are a beginner, it, it may take more than, than a few minutes. Well, then that's, that's perfectly fine too. It, that, it really is. It really is. So then let's say we have, uh, because we've chosen for the gatekeeper to step forward for this particular message circle. And that means we want to work with that uh, gatekeeper uh, spirit guide. Um, Then we inform the universe uh, your intent, allowing communication to come through in the best way for all concerned. Uh, Acknowledge everyone is raising their energy frequency to the message circle Uh, because it's it's just better when everyone is involved. Uh, request the light of source to enter the room through us, while focusing on our willingness to receive a message from a loved one or uh, source herself, source himself, and it is a a holy and sacred time, a a, a gentle. Uh, that, you know you you trust you trust everyone there, and that that you're just allowing for all these energies to come in any form they choose to just think about it, they want to send you a message and just just that is uh holy it's holy. Well, as I said before, no expectations, and tell everyone to relax and be at peace, allowing the experience to just be what it is. In fact, that's good information for uh, everyone to, uh, to uh, be at peace and allow uh, to be what you are. And and so, open your third eye uh, by, by focusing, and you know the third eye chakra or sometimes people call it the inner eye, and see how spirit is going to commune with us. And this is what I usually do because each time I work with spirit, I uh, wait and allow source to show up and deliver the spirits uh, to come through uh, to find out how they want to come through. And yes, there are times that you can say, I choose for them to come through in this particular way. But for me, for the most part, I allow spirit to come through um, the way they want to come through. So sometimes it may be pictures, and sometimes it may be words, and, you know. So allow this session to be what it needs to be. Let's see, I'm checking the time. Okay. So see if a spirit is uh, stepping forward for anyone. If the spirit is stepping forward, ask the person, uh, may I approach you? If the person says yes, then approach her or him. Unless you are oh, sitting around a the table, then, then you just have to ask and begin speaking to that person. But, but this is a way of allowing everyone to have control over their own being, their own experience, so that they can feel comfortable saying, I don't think I'm ready to receive anything from spirit, uh, or just they may just shake their head no. But, but it's basically uh, appreciating and honoring their their will, uh, their experience. And then when speaking to the person, only convey what you are receiving, and nothing more. Um, but then I guess that, that can that cannot be a a um, advice that could be used all the time. Because there are times that uh, spirit will uh, uh, nudge you to say, ask this question, ask that question. Uh, so that uh, is, uh, it, it depends, it just depends. So you do not need to understand what is being conveyed. Uh, I guess that's what, what I wa- uh, was uh, meaning to say, is, is that I don't need to understand what's being said. Uh, or picture, it is the person who will uh, eventually understand or or understand immediately what the spirit is saying uh, to uh, he or she. Then try to describe the spirit's uh, uh, appearance, its surroundings, its garb, its demeanor, and what it is conveying. So many times the spirit won't say anything and all they are is just standing there, but there's still lots of information there just by describing their api- uh, appearance and their surroundings. Because there, there's something in that. Well it, well, it comes down to symbol, doesn't it? Uh, that, uh, that there's something within that, the symbols that will activate uh, the person's memory. Uh, then thank the spirit for visiting and the person you just read. Now, after this message circle... When working with others in a message circle, you should not feel depleted after the session. You should feel, uh, well, uh, invigorated at the end of the circle. Uh, Make sure everyone grounds and releases by seeing everyone move through a warm, rushing river, washing away all excess energy from their being and the space. Thank you. Every soul that spent time uh, with us, and really, you should be grounding, releasing every day anyway. Now, uh, so that was the general teaching related to mediumship. So now we're going to talk a little bit about channeling. And um, anyone can become a medium. In fact, uh, Lady Anne uh, Burdock is uh, cited. Uh, it says, a medium is a connecting link between this physical world and the world of spirit. Anyone can learn to act as that link. Anyone can become a medium. And I always like to share that kind of information whenever I, I uh, read something regarding that that everything is available to everyone that chooses to uh, work in that particular subject. So in basic terms, channeling um, is going into some kind of trance, allowing spirit entities to communicate and teach through us. The entities can be uh, be spirit guides, ancestors, uh, Uh, that lived on this planet, an entity that never lived here in this physical realm, an entity that lives on a distant planet, an entity that lives in another dimension, or one of yourselves, or anyone of the many goddesses and gods of every nation and every people. A channel is the hollow bone with which messages come through to the physical realm, consciously or unconsciously. This mediumship is not possession, the individual is not completely taken over by the spirit, only influenced for a time. But then there are uh, people that allow an entity, to fully, completely take over a person's body. So there's variations of this. Only a part of the body is borrowed for communicating, such as the vocal cords, or a hand, or a foot, and a mutual understanding between the entities and the medium, which ends by either the entity or the medium at any time. In other words, this is fully uh, conscious and deciding every minute how this entity will be utilized through you. And Once again, I'm just talking about the consciously, consciously channeling. I'm not talking about uh, the kind that uh, is spontaneous, uh, that the person doesn't remember and they're not in control. That is something completely... Uh, completely different than what uh, is being taught here. Uh, not saying that's uh, less valuable either. Uh, for some channeling, was uh, one does not need to uh, need to offer any part of their body that the sp- the the spirit or the entity stands in front of them at uh, at a, at a uh, and that you can see and hear and deal. With the spirit quite nicely, so it's not assumption of the body, it's uh, and yet it's still working with the spirit or uh, entity. And and at which time they they just listen or see or sense what is being um, communicated Uh, through voice and body movements. uh, Mediums can channel; uh, they can channel goddess and God. They can channel any spirit, an entity from another planet. Uh, and, uh, it's uh, an entity that has not arrived on this physical plane, and so on and so on that I already explained before. Uh, that uh, one good example that what Don Lewis uh, uh, gave me was that it's a, it's a movie, and this movie, it's, it's a Japanese movie, Made in 1950. I some when I did a little bit of research on it, that one place said it was in 1951. Another one said 1950. So there you have it. But anyway, the movie's called. Uh, I hope I can pronounce this right, but probably not. Rashomon. It's R A S H O M O N, Rashomon. And that that was directed by Akara Kurosawa. Uh, based on uh, Akata Kawaz, that's A-K-U-T-A-G-A-W-A-S. It's based on a short story that he wrote called In a Grove and is considered one of the greatest films ever made. But the, the main portion in there is that it depicts a woman channeling the murdered man in the story. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I remember it was like maybe a little over an hour long. A pretty good story. Uh, so, but this this shows an example of a a uh, entity overtaking the person's body, uh, and it you know just shows a a nice example of that. Then we have uh, another example of that is uh, a woman called Jane Roberts. Where this, uh, the very ancient entity called Seth uh, would speak through her. Now that what you can see her on YouTube, there's lots and lots of uh, uh, clips of her uh, channeling Seth, and it's very interesting. And Seth overtakes her body too. She usually she would. She usually would not remember uh, what was happening at the time, Uh, but yet there would be people there recording uh, Seth's uh, teachings. And uh, Seth mostly taught about when a person passes uh, onto the other side and talks about what reality is there and what reality is here and his reality And that, in fact, there's many, many, many other realities uh, uh, that uh, some of us uh, will experience someday or have already experienced. So that's a really easy uh, and very enjoyable. And then at the end you will receive lots of wisdom from Seth. And once again, that's on YouTube. Just just, uh, do a search on it and lots and lots of very cool things will be pulled up. Now, another example is Edgar Cayce, and and he he would be, uh, uh, well, same thing. He would work with spirits. Uh, Sometimes he would be called uh, the sleeping prophet. And I pulled up a couple questions that people would ask him and his answers. Um, Once again, there's lots of information about Edgar Cayce. And let's see, here's a question. All right, physical thing may an individual do to be able to communicate with those that have passed into the spirit plane. So obviously I picked the question that related to the subject uh, today. Uh, His answer was, uh, is, lay aside the carnal or sensuous mind and desire that those who would use that mentality that soul, for its vehicle of expression. Do so in the manner chosen by that soul, for some communicate in act, in sight, in movement, in voice, in writing, in drawing, in speaking, and in the various forces as are manifest for force, is one force. So right there, that answer sure lines up with the uh, Krillian teachings and the degrees and the world walking teachings uh, about how the you know that can come through. They communicate in many many different ways, uh, which was uh, highlighted uh, uh, today. Our next question is: uh, What form do spirits have? And his answer, Edgar Casey, uh, his answer was. Uh, that within the mental capacities of the medium obtaining such vibration from an aura to create or to give such manifestations a form it assuming then that form not that we would belittle such manifestations but let them be rather the silent voice from within communicating with the individuals themselves rather than manifesting through other individuals who give them shape, form, and words of their individual development uh, development, and of their individual environment. And close quote. So that was his answer. And then we move on to the oracles of, of Delphi uh, the Pythia, uh, which were the, the priestesses, uh, told the Spartans before the Battle of the Ther- Thermo... Oh, boy. T-H-E-R-M-O-P-Y-L-A-E, um, in the words of uh, Herodotus. This is what one of the uh, Pythias said. Hear your fate, O dwellers in Sparta of the wide spaces, either your famed great town must be sacked by Perseus' sons, or, if that is not, the whole land of Lacedamon shall mourn the death of the king of the house of Hercules, for not the strength of lions or of bulls shall hold him strength against strength, for he has the power of Zeus and will not be checked until one of these two he has consumed. Close quote. So every last Spartan who fought in that battle um, that the oracle uh, foresaw uh, as doomed, you know, they died, uh, making even the most... Uh, uh, person that wasn't that didn't that was not a believer. They they believed uh, when and there were many many other uh, oracles uh, that came through um, to the, uh, the oracles of Delphi. And so there are examples of channelers or oracles. Some ancient channelers are, are the ancient uh, priests, uh, the sibyls of ancient Greece. The Romans had their seers and. Uh, Soothsayers on uh, Mount Olympus The Mayan temples received priests Who gave instruction through channeling Uh, Not to forget uh, the the modern day in in India The the snake festival at the temple of uh, Manasa Everyone has the uh, capability to channel Everyone does not desire to be a channel though And that's how it's supposed to be I'm going to close with a statement from Seth through Jane Roberts. Uh, this even he was talking teaching about uh, time uh, or, or time magic, or really about the reality of time. And yet he's talking about our being, and I just thought it would be uh, very nice to close out with a, an, a well, a channeled message uh, through this ancient being. So here we go. The point of power is in the present. It is not in the past. Your point of being is joyfully now. Your point of power is in the present. And from this present point, as you understand it, you structure your past and your future. You affect your past through what you think now. You can make your past a time of tragedy and delusion that reinforces a present state of powerlessness by bringing up into your memory all of those events that caused you pain or from this present you can make your past a time of joy and creativity by remembering in your terms in this present, those periods of peace and exaltation and joy that existed in what you think the past, you form your past and your future in this present moment of your own knowing and your own own being, there have been those who taught you to cringe before them, I challenge you to stand up in awe before yourselves and to face the joyous challenge of your own abilities to meet yourselves in your own own glory and no one else's to form your present now and not cringe back but accept your own integrity and your own joy until next time blessed be
5: Within the leaf, I'm the voice within the tree. I am boy, I am man, the face of the changing man, and I have been your constant guide. From your caves on the mountainside, we have walked hand in hand. Everywhere that I have been, my passing turns the grey to green. The birds sing to the dawn, and the land has a war.
3: Pagan Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagan Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the Pagan world. Every night is Pagan Tonight.